0: I found an acorn on the ground yesterday. I cracked it open to find a perfect cream-colored nut that looked so tender and inviting. Knowing how this would end, I took a careful nibble and mashed it gingerly between my front teeth. Alas, earwax every time. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. you've heard that bird before. Do you know what it is? It's the metallic, nasal, noisy single note of a blue jay repeated over and over. Does it annoy you? Does it make you think of a bully disrupting the calm quiet of the winter world? Does its abundance have you overlooking it in favor of finding the subtler, quieter beauty of kinglets or cedar waxwings? You're not alone. I feel similarly annoyed by the noisy antics of cardinals that overshadow their colorful beauty. But a wise woman once taught me that if you have an unkind thought about a person, you should make up for it by naming three nice things about that person. So today, I'm going to take the naturalist high road and aim to discover three nice things about blue jays. Wish me luck. Let's start with the beauty of a blue jay. Every shade of sapphire blue punctuated by bright white and deep black stripes on their wing and tail feathers alongside a gray to white belly, a black necklace, and perky blue crest make blue jays a uniquely bold and beautiful bird of the North. But as beauty is subjective and can so easily be overruled by attitude, let's instead focus on the objective characteristics of a blue jay's color. The feathers aren't really blue. It's an optical illusion. Whereas the red of a cardinal or yellow of a goldfinch are from colored pigments, the blue in jay and even bluebird feathers appears blue due to how light bounces off the keratin in their feathers, the proteins that give their feather structure. So if viewed under unusual lighting, like when backlit, those blue feathers will actually appear brown due to the melanin pigment in their feathers. That's a pretty amazing trick. Blue jays are a bit of a phenological oddity in that their comings and goings don't at first blush seem to match the timing of the seasons, and my phenology journal reflects this unusual behavior. I had noticed that sometimes I would experience big, noisy flocks of them in the winter, but not consistently. It seemed like sometimes they stuck around during the coldest months, but sometimes they didn't. Sometimes I would see single blue jays hopping around and freaking smaller birds out in the spring, but sometimes I wouldn't. I couldn't identify a particular pattern. So when I finally sat down to research whether they had any seasonal patterns that I had been missing, I discovered the second neat thing about blue jays. They often defy scientists. While blue jays do flock up in larger groups in the winter, like many other winter birds, Probably the biggest scientific mystery about blue jays is their migration patterns. Blue jays live year-round in most of the middle and eastern parts of North America, but some populations migrate within that range. Sometimes younger jays migrate, sometimes older jays, sometimes both. Sometimes a particular flock migrates one year, not the next year, then migrates again on a later year. Scientists have yet to figure out why blue jays migrate when they do. One blue jay mystery that scientists did solve, however, was their anting behavior. Scientists noticed that when blue jays foraged ants, they would rub the terrified ant all over their feathers before eating it. They weren't doing that with other insects. But why? Ants contain formic acid, a bitter substance that is also found as one of the irritants in stinging nettles. After a series of experiments, scientists discovered that this behavior caused the ants to emit their formic acid on the blue jay's feathers, rather than within the jay's mouth, effectively making the ants much more palatable. So that was easily three nice things about blue jays. They're skilled illusionists, they keep scientists humble, and they have figured out how to creatively eat ants. I bet you can't do all those things. (coughs) You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.